propitiation in his blood through faith for demonstration of his righteousness because of the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is the boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by the a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. There you see. It's very clear. Relationship between justification and righteousness. There's a, if you look at it, there's a perspective from God and a perspective from man. In, in Romans 3.25, we see the vindication of God's righteousness. Okay. And in Romans 3.28, we see that there is righteousness for man apart from the law. Okay, so as we go through this morning, these are the things we were tackling, not necessarily in order, but in, in terms of topic. We would consider what is righteousness, uh, righteousness versus or and justification. How are we righteous before God? How is faith related to righteousness? Pertaining to the question number 60. So, for some of us, we live in this, okay? If you've been in church, and especially Reformed Church, this is everyday topic. And it, it, it's nice, okay? Uh, it seems like... Uh, there's so much richness in there that uh, you can't help but just talk about it, think about it, okay? Sometimes try to remember what it's all about because of all the different uh, concepts within that concept, uh, principles within that, within that principle, okay? Righteousness and justification. So, <clears throat> apologize if you know all this already, but... Uh, one part, there might be some intriguing uh, things that you may capture in this uh, class, or it's, it's nice to just remember what Christ has done for us. Okay? Always. Okay? It's nice. So, <clears throat> what is righteousness? Quick answer. What is righteousness for us? Your own words. <laughs> Being right as opposed to wrong, right? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and then uh, operative there in the sight of God. What does that mean? In the sight of God. We could be right in the sight of others, right? We could be right in the... Which means right according to the requirements of God. Not according to requirements of the President of the United States or somebody else. Okay, oh, who else? What other concepts do you have? What is righteousness? Has something to do with moral, right? Our state of morality, right? Okay. And, uh, go ahead. I would, I would say. I think it's important to just think that you have there's righteousness and then there's biblical righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I think on, you know, a lot of people have, uh, I'm going to act morally right, I'm going to have virtue, I'm going to be a good person, but that's not what the Bible is necessarily talking about. It's righteousness in front of a holy and perfect God who is uh, perfect in all categories. 
So I think that's an important distinction. True. Very true. Okay. So we're talking about biblical righteousness. You might be, okay, you might be, I don't know how you would do it. You might be without sin, but are you still righteous before God? Good question, isn't it? Okay, good. I like what you said. Righteous in all categories. What did you say? Yeah, perfect in all categories. Yeah, all categories that we can come up with. But it's according to Rosanna's here. Righteousness is derived from right. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Which is the law. Okay. What does that mean? Packed law. That means the requirements of God. Just like what I said. Right? And this is a conformity with the law. A sin or unrighteousness is the transgression of the law. Quite the opposite. It may be defined in general as consisting in a conformity with God and the divine law. Evangelical righteousness is the fulfilling of the law and does not conflict with it in the least. Okay? Evangelical means pertaining to the gospel. Okay? The gospel does not abolish the law, but establishes it. So it has something to do with Christ. Gospel, good news, Christ. Okay? This righteousness. And it has something to do with that part, the law. Okay? Good, good words to, 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 to put in your category buckets, okay? Righteousness, law, gospel, okay? That's why Reformed faith, one of the uh, big items as far as principles and tenet is the gospel, the law and the gospel, right? We, we regard the law highly in our life, in our worship. It's not so much as, okay, we are in Christ now. We don't have to have a view of the law. Okay? We, become, we, we live our lives according to Christ's example. Right? That's, you, you hear that sometimes in discussions. But it's not so much as that. With, the, with this regard, the, the law as uh, these uh, commands of God. We don't murder. One is because we love Christ. We love what He stands for. Okay, but also we don't murder because the law says, "Thou shall not murder." Okay, we regard the law high. So you will never understand righteousness. You will never understand gospel apart from the law. Okay, apart from the law. So to understand the full extent of righteousness, and therefore man's need for justification, we must consider first the righteousness of God. According. According to Louis uh, Burkhoff in his Systematic the Theology book, the righteousness of God, it is that perfection of God by which he maintains himself over against every violation of his holiness and shows in every respect that he is the Holy One. Okay? Righteousness of God maintains himself over against every violation of his holiness and shows in every respect that he is holy one. Okay. What is the connection between the law and, you know, Ten Commandments, the Leviticus, and God's holiness? You have to establish this in your mind for you to understand. Go ahead, Dan. I would just say the, the law is... Outworking of the visible representation of God's holiness. Okay. 
See? Put that category again in your mind. The law is a reflection of God's holiness. That's why some, someone, they come to, says we delight in the law of the Lord, right? Why would you delight in something like, thou shalt not murder, okay? Don't do this, don't do that. What comes to mind when, when, when a law, it's like a taskmaster, right? There's so much task, so many, so many things to do. Should we delight in that? Yes, because this reflects of what is, who is God. It's a reflection of God's holiness. That's why we delight in that. That is key also to understanding the relationship between the law, the gospel, and righteousness. Okay? Good. According to John Gill, <coughs> righteousness, it does belong to him and to God, and is natural and essential to him. Okay, righteousness of God. Okay, the scriptures do abundantly ascribe it to him. All rational creatures, angels, and men, good and bad, acknowledge it in him. Okay, Re uh, Revelation 16, 5, Exodus 9, 27, uh, so on. And remove all unrighteousness from him, and affirm there is none in him. And indeed, without this attribute, he would not be fit to be the governor of the world and the judge of the whole earth. His government would be tyranny and not yield that pleasure and delight to the inhabitants of it. It does, the reason of which is because righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Psalm 97, 1 and 2. But God is righteous in and of himself. His righteousness is essential and inderivative. Doesn't come from somewhere else. Okay? And it's incommunicable to be to a creature. His righteousness is his and his alone. God's righteousness. Okay? Our righteousness is different. Man's righteousness is far different. John Gill continues on and says, Righteousness in creatures is according to some law. Okay? Whereas God is in derivative. It doesn't come from anywhere. He, we had lessons about God, God uh, the, the doctrine of God. And sometimes you can explain God on certain terms because he is transcendent. There's no words we can use to fully explain him. And sometimes we use, which is uh, acceptable, uh, the superlative word, right? He is love. Not that he is loving or he can love, but he is love. Just like in righteousness. He is righteousness, right? It's not so much as he is righteous, true, but it's more than that. He is righteous. Man is derived. Man's righteousness is derived from somewhere. Okay. It is derived from according to some law, which is the rule of it, the rule of the law to which he must conform, and is adequate to so the law, uh, and is adequate so the law of God, which is holy, just and true, is a rule of righteousness to men. Okay, got that. But God has no law without Himself. He is a law to Himself. His nature 
and will, the law and rule of righteousness to him. Okay? His nature and will, the law and rule of righteousness to him. Some things are just because he wills them, as such that the, are the posture kind, and others he wills them because they are just, being agreeable to his nature and moral perfections. Okay? Questions on that? Righteousness of God? Okay. Now, <clears throat> when we say justify, we mean a divine operative word here is what? Declaration. Okay? It's a declaration. Somebody declares. Somebody uh, made it fit that we deserve that, that word, okay? Declaration. The basis or ground by which we can declare this is Jesus Christ, of course. And not just his person, but the, the actual, okay? The perfect uh, merit, okay? Fitting merit and perfect righteousness of Jesus, which is imputed to all those who believe okay and as i said it has something to do with the gospel message and the work of christ he gained something for us it's 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 meritus okay meaning he merited it for us not us so somehow he has to come to us if we are to to think about this whole thing about our righteousness so the word comes imputed and i know that's been We've been discussed, we've studied that for a while, so who test for you. What does imputed mean? In, in, to impute something. Come on. Reform faith. Put to your account. Okay, accounted for. Okay, we can go further than that. What does that mean, accounted for? That's a good word. Accounting, credited, okay. So Christ's work is credited to us. Okay, there's some nuances there to make us understand better. Okay, does that mean in and of ourselves we became righteous after Christ did His work? Okay. In and of ourselves, that's the proper word. So <clears throat> this word accounted. Credit, it's the uh, same phrase that we would use, like, as if, right? As if we were righteous before God. Okay, credited. <clears throat> Good questions? Because that's kind of, uh, uh, I would rely that we have a good understanding of uh, imputed righteousness uh, for our discussion today. Okay. Good. <clears throat> 
So those who rest in Christ and His finished work for us are uh, those who believe uh, His righteousness is imputed to us. So the question is, how is this possible? How, how is this imputed? Uh, how are we, how does the imputation make us righteous before God? How does the imputation? Uh, it is because the terms of justice, okay, terms of justice established by God is satisfied, fulfilled by Christ, okay, in a nutshell there. And there's more to that. If you, if you follow discussion about righteousness, justification, impute, imputation, um, it'll take you in a lot of places. It will unpack the, uh, almost the whole of Scripture for you. Okay, Romans. Read Romans. If you haven't read it lately, read it again. Okay? And uh, Galatians is there too. But uh, Romans is like the... Uh, <coughs> That, that book that we have for justification, okay? It's, it's, it's easy read. It probably won't take you an hour okay, at most to read it, but it is, right? It will come out. It's okay if you come out uh, of that with more questions than answers. Just uh, Pastor Des and Pastor uh, <laughs> Ron is there. But we have a lot of resources. But, as I say, this is big. It might seem small to you. The benefit of uh, believing this, it has this tremendous effect, you know. Justification by faith alone. It was born out of that discussion, okay. The, uh, the course of history, I don't know if it's changed according to the word of God, okay. But there was a, a, a definite, distinct development in history. When uh, Martin Luther, okay, uh, touched on justification by faith alone. I know it's been touched before that, but when he came, it was like, boom. Okay. So, <clears throat> and so we can say that righteousness in this sense, the righteousness before God. What's another word that's closely attached? I'm... Oh. I'm attaching categories, okay? I'm hoping that you would put this in your brain, categories. So we have justification, righteousness, right? Uh, imputation. There's, there's another word that's very closely related to our discussion, and that word is forensic, okay? Forensic. What does forensic mean? <clears throat> related to the court of law, okay? As we related... Anything pertaining to court, the process, okay, the, the deliberation in the court, if you look at our, our court system, that's forensic, you know. So they talk about forensic evidence, right, and CSI and whatever else, uh, detective stories that you do, forensic medicine, uh, for, forensic evidence, yeah, forensic medicine also. That means any evidence that can be brought uh, to the court, right? This forensic evidence. You can bring uh, evidence and present it to somebody to accuse them of something personally that's not forensic. Okay? I can come up somebody, hey, here's a picture. You, uh, you stole a penny from my jar. Is that forensic? No. Okay? It has to be related to the court of law. In this case, the court of God, the law of God. So that's why forensic. 
okay? It is a distinct word that we would use. So again, there's that attachment to the law, the gospel, right? Forensic. It is not about the character of the person. When you talk about forensic, it is about the declaration of his standing before the court, okay, so to speak. This is a declaration. Someone looked into it, okay? A judge looked into it, and after some analysis against some requirement of the law, okay? For example, murder. What are the, requirement, the requirements of murder within the law? Lawyer. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I know this from CSI, okay? <laughs> Forgive me. Okay. You always hear these three things. I might miss this. One is what? Uh, motive, right? Motive. Uh, you have to establish motive. Well, the other one is you have to establish uh, the means, the opportunity. And what's the third one? No? I forgot. So you have to satisfy all this for, for your case to stick. You see now the forensic uh, idea here? Okay? The requirements of the law. As far as, as God's law, what is it? It's simple. Follow everything. Okay? Follow everything that is written, commanded, spoken. Simple to understand, hard to do. So, this is a declaration. Someone looked into it. Okay? Someone analyzed, uh, analyzed against some requirement. And then the conclusion was made. Okay? My conclusion might be he fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Therefore, he is righteous. Okay? He has the means. He has the opportunity. I think he has the weapon. I forgot. Okay? So, likely he is the murderer. Requirements of the law. And then the conclusion. For us, it's easy. You have to follow all the commandments of God. Therefore, you are righteous. Okay? If you are trembling, there is hope. Okay? You're trembling now, there is hope. For us, it is important to stress that this is righteousness. This righteousness is, uh, as I said, forensic because it can be viewed, righteousness can be viewed some other way. One is morally. That you have to be in and of yourself, you might be sinless. That you obeyed all the requirements of the law. All the Ten Commandments and all the things in Leviticus, moral law in, in Leviticus and Exodus. Okay. So, <clears throat> but that word forensic is very important here. We are not morally upright before God. Some would put, uh, call this uh, the transformative righteousness. Okay, transformative righteousness. Uh, there's sort of a debate about that because you can see that uh, righteousness is associated with justification as we have established. But some, especially in the Old Testament, uh, you will see that righteousness is closely associated with salvation. Okay? With salvation. And we know about that. But there's a little talk, and this would uh, make us understand the, the idea of uh, of righteousness as being forensic. It's declared by God as to our state, okay? not our own righteousness. Okay? For example, 
uh, in the Old Testament, we see that association in Psalm 31.1. Okay. It says here, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. Save me by your righteousness. Okay. What does that mean? Save me by your righteousness. Isaiah 45.8. Heavens sprinkle from above. And let the sky shower righteousness. Okay. Let the earth open up so that salvation will sprout and righteousness will spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Okay. So there's this idea, this righteousness is this, lack of a better word, is this force, this, this, this thing that will make you transform into something. Okay? That there's a change in you, in, in, in your holiness, okay? So, in contrast to the righteousness, uh, the forensic righteousness where it is declared, okay? You are still the same person, okay? All your weaknesses and all your uh, sinfulness are still in there, but you are declared, clothed. By the righteousness of Christ. You see? Difference? Okay. Commentators, of course, uh, uh, may have termed this as a saving righteousness. Okay. Be careful with that word, saving righteousness. We might understand it as the concept of forensic, uh, forensic uh, righteousness, but others might consider that as the moral or the transformative righteousness. Okay. This righteousness, God... God's righteousness, right? We t the Bible talks about God's righteousness being the transformative force that makes you righteous within. Okay? That is not what we're talking about. Okay? Righteousness, as we believe it, uh, is forensic in nature. Okay? And uh, <clears throat> Paul in the New Testament shows us the association as well. He made the one... Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. There it is again, the righteousness of God. Okay, Us, because we've been listening to, to good teaching, <laughs> okay. we know the forensic nature of this righteousness, but there might be, you might come across with articles that righteousness is this sense that you are transformed from within. That's because the words are in there, righteousness of God. But in the, it, when you analyze it further, especially in Romans 5, that forensic nature of righteousness will pop out, okay? <laughs> especially if you read uh, Romans 6, you might think, okay, I'm transformed in a way that I am more holy now than I was. That is not the case, okay? And look at uh, Philippians 3.9. <clears throat> Uh, I'll start with seven. Okay. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that come from the law, 
but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may ha and may uh, have his sufferings become like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Okay? Not having a righteousness of my own that come from the law, okay? but that which comes through faith in Christ. Okay, Romans 10, 34, I'm sorry, 10, 3 to 4. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who, what, believes. Okay, so believes, and that's different from work, or our nature, one who believes. So, <clears throat> what am I saying here? Our case that righteousness is of forensic nature is very strong, okay? There is nothing in us that makes us holier than what we are, okay? We are in that state of sinful, sinfulness. That's why we have principles of sanctification, okay? Uh, so if we look at the righteousness as that something that transforms us, the righteousness transforms us from within and we become righteous morally, uh, we, we, we get in trouble with the other parts of the Bible, okay? Sanctification. Okay? And the apocalyptic nature of, of righteousness. Uh, it, when all things said and done, we become, uh, there is this perfect relationship with, with, with God that we, uh, we eagerly wait for, and that is the fulfillment of all things, right? Fulfillment of all things. So if we are being transformed right now in ourselves and we become righteous, okay, that could be like this, right? From day to day. What does that say about the righteousness of God? So we, we fall into that trapping. But the case that uh, righteousness is forensic in nature is very strong. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> so. Three twenty-one to 22, let me go back there. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Okay, Justified by faith alone. That is our cry. That has been the reform cry. Justified by faith alone. So we focus on faith. Okay. So <clears throat> why by faith alone? Why not a combination? Okay. Faith is we believe. Christ, Christ did it. The object of our faith. Okay. I spoiled that. That was the answer. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So the cross, right? So, yeah. Somebody explain that, what I just said. Why by faith alone? Why not faith and work? All right? So that no one may boast. No one may boast. Well, what's wrong with boasting? 
Boast in the Lord. Okay. Because we are justified. This is our our belief. This is where we stand. This is why we exalt Christ. Because we are justified by the object of faith alone, not by the by our effort to believe. Understand? I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to, I have faith. I give me this faith. I was strong. Okay. I believe. I believe. I believe. That's not it. Okay. Our, our faith is only as good as the object of our faith, and which is the merit of Christ, faith alone. That's why it is faith alone. It exalts Christ. That is by merits of Christ, without which we can have no righteousness whatever, for we are justified for Christ's sake. God says you are justified by the work of Christ. That is the requirement of the law. Okay, I put it in simple terms. There's a, a whole history about that that we can unpack. Not just a chronological history, but a, a, also a logical uh, explanation of all that. Okay, from the law all the way to grace and all the way to the cross. But the object of that is the exaltation of Christ. Okay? That is why it is by faith alone. And not by faith and works. So I don't know why people don't understand that. Outside of uh, the, the faith. Right? Why? Because there is this sense of control. Sense of control. I want to I wanna do my own destiny. Right? I am the captain of my fate. I am the cap. Uh, I am the Invictus. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was just gonna say it, it. It has to flow from the heart that you you do it out of the love of God. That love of God. You. That's why we do the outworkings of the law, not because we're being justified by it. Yeah. We do it because of how God loved us. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, and that's why this 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 uh, orthodox catechism is a good way of a good flow into that. Okay, uh, there is the our misery, our redemption, and our gratitude. Okay, the gratitude is out of our love for Christ that we do these things, not to gain acceptance. Okay, <clears throat> nothing but the merit of Christ can be our righteousness in the sight of God. Nothing can be. Yeah. Either as a whole or a part only. It is the righteousness of Christ. We are justified only by believing and receiving the righteousness of another and not by our own works of merit. All works are excluded. Okay, here's again the requirements of the law. Okay, when you come up to the court, what are the requirements? You know, when they say, okay, Judge, I have this evidence. Okay, last minute thing, and then the judge has to. Okay, come on here, bench, right? They they come to the bench and they deliberate all this. Uh, the deliberation is: Can this evidence be acceptable in the court? Right? Can we share this to the jury so they can make a, they can make a, 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 a another item in their evidence? Okay, so our work is not acceptable. It's not even in the play. Requirements of the law. All works are excluded from our justification. Yeah, even faith itself, in as far as it is a virtue. Who can explain that? Even faith itself does not justify us. That's what I'm saying. You know, your, your, 
your, the working, your, your work towards faith. If you are trying to gain that faith for some re- for, for whatever uh, uh, thing that you, we do to gain faith, you know? No. It is something to be received. Something given to us. It's not, we, can, we, we don't work for it. We don't work to gain it. It's given to us freely. Okay, I hope that's, that, that's, that's clear. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested. Oh, I'm sorry. Another reason why it's uh, by faith and not by works is because the act which belongs properly to faith is to apprehend and apply. By the way, this is by Orsinus. Okay. Because the act which belongs properly to faith is to apprehend and apply to itself the righteousness of Christ. Faith is nothing else than the acceptance itself or the apprehension of the merits of Christ. Okay, it's the receiving. Okay, that's a requirement. It's the, it's the receiving. If you did not receive it, then that is not acceptable. Okay, if you worked for it. It's the receiving. is the, uh, the practical... Uh, evidence of, of that, uh, 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 I guess, that faith that we we want to have the acceptance. Another reason is because faith alone is the instrument which apprehends, okay. understands the satisfaction of Christ. Without faith, we could never understand the whole thing of Christ. How he satisfied that requirement of the law. Also that we may understand the necessity of faith for our justification. That we will understand that it is necessary. Faith is necessary. Okay. Oh, I'm just going to do good. I'm just going to give arms to the poor. Okay. I'll try to be, I'll pray that I won't sin. And I'll, I'll try to walk. As much as I can, uh, according to what is good. And I have this cheat sheet, the Bible, okay, (laughs) of all the good things that I must do. I have control over those things. No. Faith is necessary. Okay? Okay, That's another good word there. What is necessary and what is optional. This we must firmly maintain and believe for the glory of God so that so the sacrifice of Christ may not be impaired. There it again, the exaltation of Christ. Okay. Faith, justification, righteousness. For our comfort that we may be assured that our righteousness does not depend upon our works. It depends on faith. For if this were the case, we should lose it thousands of times. That's, there it is again. If it is our work, we're going to lose it. But upon the sacrifice and merit of Christ alone, Christ is exalted. Okay. So as you can see, righteousness carries with it this huge implication about Christianity. Okay. It's not just that state before God. It, it unpacks for us. It uh, sprouts for us, okay, uh, the work of Christ and uh, also the, uh, uh, the benefit 
that we get. And uh, as I said in the beginning, uh, we can't help but just submit ourselves to God okay, and to Christ, to his work. Questions? Okay. Next week, you'll be studying the flip side of this. Okay. The good works. Why good works? Okay. Lord and Father, we thank you. As uh, you have reminded us, Father, in so many ways that our righteousness um, comes from Christ. The cross, Father, uh, may it be that we will never stop talking about it that we may not grow uh, weary in our understanding, that we may be energized, even if it is reminded, uh, if we are reminded of it every day, every second, for it, in it, the righteousness unpacks for us, Father, the glory uh, that is in you, our triune God. Oh, Lord, We lay ourselves humbly before you and submit before you that uh, without you, Lord, we are still in despair. We are in our misery, and there is no other way. We accept this, and uh, we are so grateful that we are declared justified before you, Lord, because there is no other way. And that you have chosen, according to your good pleasure, Father, to... uh, to reveal this to us, to effect this to us, to apply it to us, and to continue to support and sustain that with which Christ has merited on the cross, that we may live in the, even in this world, Father, as we wait for that glorious day. And so, Lord, help us declare this unto the world, that Christ is the one and the only uh, salvation, and that salvation belongs to you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.